Whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it's still true. Right and wrong aren't what they used to be. The moral standards that have been taken for granted in some cases for millennia are changing. Truly everything is up for grabs. Does marriage have to be between a man and a woman? Or can it be between two men or two women? Or must it even be confined to two people at all? Should human beings continue to be considered morally superior to animals or are all living things on the same plane of existence and importance? Is there any such thing as right and wrong anymore, good or bad? The very bedrock of morality is vanishing from under our feet. What is at the heart of this historic change and where will this confusion end? Join us right now on Tomorrow's World as we ask and answer the question, what happened to right and wrong? Stay tuned. Greetings and welcome to Tomorrow's World. I'm glad you're here. In this half hour, we're going to examine one of the most vital questions facing society today. The answer to this question is currently reshaping the face of civilization itself. We'll also give you an opportunity to request a free copy of our remarkable booklet on the Ten Commandments. Be sure to take note of the order information when it appears on your screen. The title of today's program is What Happened to Right and Wrong? And the topic brings to mind an experience related to me recently. My oldest son was taking a sociology class in college and his professor asked the class for examples of objective truths. My son raised his hand and said, murder is wrong. Now the professor responded, oh no, no, that's not an objective truth, that's something subjective. Moral standards are opinions. They aren't true or false. Now my son's story reminded me of an opinion piece that I had read a few years earlier on the New York Times website in March 2015. It was by Justin C. McBrayer, an associate professor of philosophy at Fort Lewis College, and it was titled, Why Our Children Don't Think There Are Moral Facts. His essay looked at the education of children in America and noticed that our youths are increasingly taught in school that moral stands are always nothing but opinions that aren't actually true or false. He concluded, in summary, our public schools teach students that all claims are either facts or opinions and that all value and moral claims fall into the latter camp. The punchline, there are no moral facts. And if there are no moral facts, then there are no moral truths. Now, while Mr. McBrayer's article focused on education, the moral confusion he describes has gripped society as a whole and has been in place for quite some time and is exhilarating. We are living in a time of unparalleled moral change, frankly, moral chaos. The very concepts of right and wrong 
no longer have any substantial and consistent meaning. Consider the moral confusion in which we now find ourselves. In the United States, the right to abort your child was supposedly settled by the U.S. Supreme Court more than four decades ago. Yet today, the fighting and rhetoric about the issue is as vehement as ever. Frankly, it's worse than it was 40 years ago. Considering the ongoing experiment in redefining marriage, the family, and sexuality, we see the same things. Beginning with the Netherlands in 2001, more than 20 nations around the world have changed the legal definition of marriage from being exclusively one man and one woman to allowing two men or two women. Many are asking if the genders that define marriage can be changed, then why not the number? Why can't three people get married or four people get married? How do we draw the lines? What is right and what is wrong? How should these things be defined? Should we draw any lines at all? Meanwhile, as old standards fall, new standards are rising in their place. The belief that drug use was wrong is being replaced by the idea that condemning recreational drug use is wrong. Tolerance of ideas has been replaced by universal acceptance of ideas. Well, except for the idea that all ideas should be accepted. In a hundred different ways, it seems that society's standards are being upended. What was immoral and evil yesterday may be considered moral and good today, only to become immoral and evil again tomorrow. What was once a clearly identified moral good or evil is now simply an option or a personal preference. Why? Why is all of this happening? Why all of this moral and ethical chaos and confusion? What has happened to right and wrong? The answer is straightforward. Right and wrong are up for grabs because we've lost sight of who has the authority to define right and wrong. Right and wrong morality involve obligation. What is right is what you ought to do, what you're obligated to do. What is wrong is what you shouldn't do, what you're obligated not to do. An obligation always stems from authority. If society is ever to return to moral sanity, we must have an answer to the question, who has the authority to tell us what is right and what is wrong. There are a few different contenders for that authority and we'll begin exploring them in just a moment. But first, let me give you an opportunity to request today's free resource, our booklet on the Ten Commandments. This detailed booklet will bring the Ten Commandments to life. The Bible tells us that the eternal God personally dictated these Ten Commands to the nation of Israel by voice. And thousands are learning that these 10 simple commands can revolutionize their lives, their relationships, and their connection to God and Jesus Christ. You need to experience the transformation that can be made in your life using the information in this booklet. Request your free copy today. Today's offer is yours absolutely free. No cost, no obligation. Call now. 
Call toll-free now or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Then be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Welcome back. We've considered the moral confusion growing in the modern world, and we've recognized that at the heart of that confusion is a simple but profound moral question. Who has the authority to tell us what is right and what is wrong? Now, increasingly today, many argue that science can determine moral laws and boundaries. It's not a completely ludicrous thought on the surface. After all, consider the improvement in human life that has come thanks to scientific advances. As we have advanced in the areas of chemistry, physics, biology, and other scientific fields, we've discovered natural laws that allow us to send planetary probes billions of miles away, principles that have enabled us to power the world with electricity, laws of quantum mechanics unlocking the subatomic realm to our understanding truths about the world that have revolutionized lives and which have made it possible for you to see this telecast. Is it so far-fetched to imagine that mankind may also scientifically discover moral laws governing right and wrong? Sam Harris, neuroscientist and popular atheist, has claimed that ethical values can be scientifically determined. In his 2010 book, The Moral Landscape, How Science Can Determine Human Values, he argues that morality can be discovered through science, without God or religion. He writes, Meaning, values, morality, and the good life must relate to facts about the well-being of conscious creatures and, in our case, must lawfully depend on events in the world and upon states of the human brain. I am arguing that science can, in principle, help us understand what we should do and should want, and therefore what other people should do and should want in order to live the best lives possible. Yes, science can give us a wealth of information concerning why some humans suffer and some flourish. It can't tell us everything, no matter what Mr. Harris might claim, but even setting aside the normal limitations of science, we are still left with fundamental moral questions science will never be able to answer. How can science tell me why I should care about the suffering or success of another human being, or even my own suffering or success? Who says that the well-being of my species is a goal that I should personally sacrifice for? Who says that I shouldn't focus merely on my own personal satisfaction? In fact, at the most fundamental level, science cannot even tell us why human life should be valued at all. Why is it morally wrong to murder? Why is it wrong to torture a child for entertainment? Why are rape, racism, and slavery moral evils? 
Now, scientists can study the societal effects of choices, but they can't tell us why we are obligated to care about such effects. Now, you might say that only an immoral person wouldn't care about the welfare of others, and you'd be right, but that's the point. How do you know that to be true? It isn't because of science. Science can tell us what is, but it's powerless to tell us what should be. The admissions of many other scientists have been far more straightforward. Atheist and evolutionist Richard Dawkins famously said in his popular book, River Out of Eden, the universe we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil and no good, nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. As that unhappy poet A.E. Hausman put it, for nature, heartless, witless nature, will neither know nor care. If the natural world is all there is, then that is the only answer science by itself can offer. No evil and no good. Nothing but blind, pitiless indifference. Science cannot tell us if it is morally wrong to lie, cheat, or steal. It cannot tell us whether or not rape is wrong or racism is wrong. And yet, deep down, every single one of you watching this program knows, just as I do, that there are things that are absolutely right and things that are absolutely wrong. We know that rape is wrong. We know that torturing a child is wrong. We know that murdering an innocent is wrong. We know that selfless generosity is good. And we know that caring for our children is good. Science cannot deduce these moral facts, and yet we know them to be true. And if science cannot help us with such obvious moral questions, how will it determine the moral stands we should take today on issues such as abortion and homosexuality? Morality and ethics cannot be grown in a petri dish or examined under a microscope. When it comes to questions of morality, of good and evil, Science is simply out of its league. So if science can't do it, perhaps our next contender can. In fact, many believe that it is the source for moral judgment. We'll examine it next. But first, I want to give you another opportunity to request your personal copy of today's free booklet, The Ten Commandments. While most have heard about the Ten Commandments, and some of you may even have them memorized, there is nothing comparable to actually putting them to work. The self-help industry has garnered $10 billion in the United States alone. And yet most of those buying books and CDs would be shocked to know that the most life-transforming advice ever conceived can be discovered for free in their Bibles. In this remarkable booklet, the late Roderick C. Meredith doesn't just reiterate the Ten Commandments. He helps unlock how they open the mind and character of God to your understanding so you can begin to think like God does. Don't miss out on today's offer. There's no cost, no obligation, and we will never sell your information. We simply want this life-altering information to reach as many people as possible. Call, write, or click for your own free copy. 
Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. Welcome back. In our last segment, we discussed the fact that although the discipline of science has been a tremendous tool in humanity's hands, it is simply not equipped to handle moral questions. If we're looking for an authority to define right and wrong, we'll need to look elsewhere. And in the minds of many, the society and the state are that authority. Morality is simply a function of what society currently believes is good and bad and the state reflects and enforces those morals. So according to this idea, rape is wrong because we don't like it as a society, so we make laws to punish it. The majority of us feel that torturing a child is wrong, so we declare it immoral and ensure that it is illegal. Very democratic, right? This idea appeals to our desire to make up our own rules and to be individually in charge of determining what we think is right and wrong. Mankind has longed for this from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 2, it says that God placed the very first human being in the Garden of Eden with particular instructions. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. But go figure, mankind did choose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Where God had told mankind what was good and what was evil, mankind chose instead to decide for himself. And we've continued doing that for the thousands of years that have followed. We find that idea appealing. As a society, we define the good to be what is acceptable to society as a whole. And we define what is bad to be what is unacceptable to society as a whole. Ultimately, the state, the government, provides the authority to punish the evil and promote the good. In this case, if someone asks who says something is right or wrong, the answer is we say or the state says. But this concept is terribly flawed and a wellspring of atrocities. Consider Nazi Germany in World War II. It may seem an overused example, but few examples in the modern era are so easily accessible, well-documented, and enlightening. Germany was one of the most highly educated societies of the 20th century, a global center of intellectual achievement and science. Yet the crime of the Holocaust is undeniable. Millions of people tortured and exterminated like vermin. Not all were executed immediately. Some were experimented on and used as human guinea pigs for the sake of scientific advancement. Others were simply allowed to starve to death. Six million Jews plus five million non-Jews were victims of that horrible human extermination in one of the most civilized nations on earth. Must we allow history and the changing opinions of society decide whether the Holocaust was a valiant effort to serve one's country or one of the greatest evils in human history? Does morality change based on who the victor is? I ask you to be the judge. 
Was slavery, as practiced historically by the West, the moral choice until society changed and it magically became immoral? Is forcing women and children into prostitution a moral practice now in societies that still condone or even encourage it? Would rape or murdering someone for money ever be a positive moral choice in any society? Was the Holocaust moral under the Nazis, but somehow immoral today? Would a gang terrorizing a child, torturing it, and leaving it to suffer and die ever be anything but evil, regardless of the society or historical era in which such vile acts took place? We both know the answers perfectly well. No, there is no conceivable human society in which such acts can ever be seen as ethical, right, and good. The abolition of slavery in the West was a moral good. Laws that treat women as fellow human beings and not as animals or property are good. We know this. Our moral experience tells us these things are so, just as solidly and truthfully as our eyes tell us in the morning that the sun has risen. My friends, there is an authoritative source of right and wrong, but it's not society or the state. Rather, we judge societies, even our own, by moral standards we know to be true. And yet, where do those moral standards come from if not the society in which we live? We'll discuss the only possible answer in a moment. But since we're running out of time, let me give you a final opportunity to request today's free booklet. Most people have no idea that Jesus Christ focused on the Ten Commandments in His ministry and spent a great deal of effort telling us how to keep them. It was Christ Himself who said, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Not only have the Ten Commandments formed the moral core of civilization for millennia, they are shockingly relevant for our modern world, and they were at the heart of the teachings of Jesus Christ Himself, a fact which many, sadly, wish to keep from you. Join the multiple thousands who are increasingly discovering the gift that God had waiting for them all along, His Ten Commandments. Don't miss out on it any longer. Request your free copy of the Ten Commandments today. Today's offer is yours absolutely free, no cost, no obligation. Call now, 1-800-236-0531. Call toll-free now or write to us at the address on your screen or visit us online at tomorrowsworld.org. With this offer, you will also receive your free subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, full of timely articles and unique insights on today's important issues. Then be sure to go to tomorrowsworld.org forward slash digital. Have a digital subscription sent right to your email inbox faster than postal mail. Visit us online now. Welcome back. We're looking for the solution to the moral confusion in our world today, and we've boiled it down to one question. 
Who has the authority to determine right and wrong? We've seen that materialistic science alone provides nothing authoritative that can elevate mankind above the animal kingdom. If science is our only source of authority for morality, then a man who slaughters his own children is no more morally wrong than a chimpanzee who does the same. Yet we've seen that society cannot itself provide a foundation for a morality that transcends its own choices. If society collectively determines what is morally right or wrong, then we have to accept the genocides and state-sanctioned systems of slavery, rape, and persecution that litter history as morally acceptable when we know they're not. You know these things because there is an answer to the question. The answer is that the eternal God says what is right and what is wrong. God is good and He commands what is good. Those things that mirror His eternal character and His immutable nature are good. And those things that defy or contradict His character and nature are evil and wrong. And while not everyone in this life has access to the fullness of God's revelation at this time, though they one day will, He has placed some of that understanding of right and wrong naturally in our hearts, as the Apostle Paul explains in Romans 2 and verse 15. He explains that our conscience bears witness to the presence of a moral God in our design and creation. James chapter 4 and verse 12 plainly declares, there is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? There is one lawgiver, not science, society, or the state, but the sovereign God. Without recognizing the authority of the sovereign God in our lives and in our civilization, we have no legitimate moral guide. We have no foundation of right or wrong that transcends simple human desire and opinion. Without a transcendent God to breathe meaning and substance to moral obligation, there is good and there is evil. And these things exist and are reality because there is an answer to the question of who defines right and wrong. That answer is God Almighty, the ever-living one, defines right and wrong. And it is His answer to such questions of morality, questions of right and wrong, which we should seek. It is His answer which all peoples will one day have to accept in the coming kingdom of God. Part of God's mercy on a world in need of guidance concerning right and wrong is the gift of His beautiful Ten Commandments. These commandments, which Jesus Himself loved, do more than point us to who tells us what right and wrong is. They teach us what He says is right and what He says is wrong. And our world needs them now more than ever. Don't miss out on getting this booklet. And don't miss us here next week. We'll be right here at the same time and same channel. Gerald Weston, Richard Ames, and I, as well as our guest presenter, Rod McNair, We'll be back to share with you truths from your Bible that many ignore, but truths which will change your life if you let them. See you next week.
To take advantage of today's free offer or view today's program now or anytime, go to tomorrowsworld.org. Find us on Facebook, watch us on YouTube, and follow us on Twitter. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God.